Hey, uh, welcome to this online worship event. Thank you for uh, watching, um, taking the time to, to be a part of this uh, whenever and wherever you might be. I want to encourage you, if you can or if you'd like to, feel free to start a watch party uh, with, your, uh, with, with your friends. We are all in this thing together, and uh, we just want to find a uh, take a moment to connect with uh, in particular to connect with Jesus uh, if you have a question uh, you can uh, uh, click on the button uh, send a message there on the church Facebook page or you can send us an email you can send me an email at pastor mark Haynes gmail.com that's uh that's my it's all one word all lowercase it doesn't matter um hey we are champions of hope uh, on a mission with the holy spirit we are convinced that since jesus took on the uh, worst that this world has to uh, offer the worst that this world can dish out and overcame it all uh, that he can help you and everyone else face uh and get through and overcome anything you are facing today or any day. So that's what we're all about, infusing uh, people like you with the hope of Jesus. Uh, we have a Facebook uh, uh, group page there. Uh, yes, we have a group, uh, part of the church page, a, a group called Champions of Hope. Uh, there's a link for that in the description. Please feel free to click on that and uh, uh, join if you have not already done done so you'll receive some uh, unique content uh, as well as have an opportunity to connect with uh, other folks in our church uh, family if you would like to give to jesus through uh, the church there are some uh, ways to do so uh, you'll find the information in the description as well uh, a couple of uh, a link where you can give if you want to give online or uh, directions on how to uh, mail your donation and uh, next Sunday uh, we as long as uh, Lord willing and the creek don't rise as my mom used to say uh, that was from our West Virginia roots I guess roots uh, the Lord willing and the creek don't rise we will be having a public gathering worship together kind of thing we're this is we're worshiping together today but it's not a public gathering it's uh it's uh still sheltering at home but next week all goes well at uh, 10 45 we're going to meet for morning worship only um it's going to be a bare basics uh gathering weather permitting and last time i looked it looks like the weather yeah they're thinking the weather is going to be good so we will do our best to meet outdoors multiple reasons for that uh it's a whole lot easier to clean before and after if we meet outdoors yeah i oh, just gotta wipe down the picnic tables and mark out some spots we're gonna do our best to to make things so that we can socially distanced and all those kinds of things if you uh like comfortable chairs uh which i would highly recommend bring your own uh camping chairs or those fold up outdoor chairs or whatever you uh, you would like um, 
there will be some limited ceiling seating at the picnic tables underneath the pavilion uh, simply because, well, we can't sit right on top of each other. Um, our plans may change. We have no idea. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, surely you have. Uh, it's very difficult to know what's going to happen from one day to the next. Uh, but our plans uh, currently are to meet at 1045. Uh, we'll, if you want to sit in your car, you'll still be able to do so, um, especially if you have a Jeep with the top off or a Cadillac with the, or, or any other kind of uh, convertible. You can, you can roll down your windows or we're still going to be uh, using uh, a camera and being live so that if you can't come, don't feel like coming, want to wait and see, make sure nobody gets sick, whatever reason, uh, you can still watch uh, live. And you could do have the best of both worlds by coming and sitting in the parking lot and watching and listening uh, through Facebook Live. Uh, our, so uh, either way, will still be here available online. Um, again, I just want to encourage you, if you've been sick uh, with any of the symptoms that are associated with COVID-19, been running a fever, cough, uh, just plain not feeling good, feeling like you've been uh, run over by a truck, uh, and please, if you've been tested and come back positive for COVID-19, please stay home. Um, I, I, somebody told me a story this week of someone, uh, well, I'm not going to say who it was, or even, but they'll know because they're listening right now, uh, of, uh, of a, a person who tested uh, positive for COVID-19 and the very next day decided to go visit their pregnant uh, daughter-in-law. And then after about half hour, 45 minutes of conversation said, oh, by the way, I have COVID. Please don't do that. Okay, just don't. If, if you've tested positive for COVID, uh, Protect the rest of us, please. That's all I'm asking. Um, so, yeah, okay. Um, just, just Christians should be the ones who uh, are following Jesus' directions to love their neighbor as themselves. Um, and so let's do everything we can to protect each other from, from being sick because this is, is uh, even though it's uh, not in the news constantly anymore, it's still here and it's still bad. Wow, I didn't mean to go into that uh, for that long, um, but uh, just want to remind you, we, we want to take care of each other. And that's why we're still doing, uh, doing our services live on uh, Facebook so that you can participate uh, even if, if you can't be here or don't feel comfortable being here. Uh, by the way, childcare will not be provided. The nursery will be closed. Even if we are in the building, the nursery will be closed. Uh, kids uh, are not uh, really good with physical distancing. They don't understand this concept, which is okay, except that, well, we need to still practice that for a while. 
Um, if we're meeting in the sanctuary, the seats will be spaced out. You won't be able to just walk in and sit anywhere you want. There'll be mar places marked and reserved uh, for seating and places reserved for no seating. Uh, we are not asking you or requiring you to wear a mask. However, I highly recommend it. Uh, I will be wearing one if I'm up close uh, within six feet of anybody. And since I figure you might want to know what I look like with a mask on, this is what I look like with a mask on. Do not be scared of the guy in the front with the gray mask on his face. It'll probably just be me, okay? Guys, we need to have a little bit of fun with this, uh, but it is serious business. So thank you for, uh, for uh, again, take, helping us take care of each other. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come as a consuming fire to burn in us with the passion and power of your love. Come as light to reveal Jesus to us and through us. Convict us of our sins and of those places where we need to change the way we think and act. Convert our mixed motives into pure love moving us until your love your self-giving sacrificial love motivates and shapes everything we do and say consecrate every part of our lives until we are completely yours amen i want to share uh couple of verses. I shared them last week, uh, but I want to share them again because they're still good news. And, and they are also well connected with today's message. Uh, Isaiah chapter 33, verses 5, uh, 6, and 7. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation uh, for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge, the fear, the respect and awe of the Lord is the key to this treasure. In a world that seems to be constantly changing and we have no idea from one day to the next what's going to happen, the Lord will be your sure foundation. So this morning we're uh, we're uh, into the second part of our uh, teaching series that uh, we're calling Big Faith. Now, 
I don't, I get it. I'll be honest with you. See, big faith seemed like a really good uh, uh, title to, to launch uh, to begin with. And the more I thought about it, the more intimidating that sounds. I, I don't want it to be intimidating because I want you to remember that Jesus said, uh, big faith can be the size of a mustard seed. And mustard seeds are very, very, very small. So uh, big faith isn't, uh, we're, not, we're not talking about big faith in the sense of a huge size of faith, but we're talking about a faith that believes, well, that Jesus exists, that he is who he is, that he says he is. Big faith is uh, trust Jesus, holy love, his gentle power, and his wise plan. I just want to remind you that God's power is exhibited in ways that are very unlike ours, our world. We, 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 uh, when we think of power, we think of talking, uh, telling people what to do and how to do it and when to do it. Uh, God's power is exhibited in Jesus, the perfect example of Jesus of God's power is shown in Jesus when he kneels to wash his disciples' feet. His power was shown when he died on the cross. His power was shown when he rose from the dead. His power is displayed even now because he prays for us. So, so big faith, uh, trust in Jesus' holy love, his gentle power, and his wise plan. We believe that he not only knows what's best, that he, but he can work out what's best. That's what big faith is all about. Big faith unlocks the life that we're created to enjoy. Big faith believes Jesus essentially believes who Jesus is, that he is who he says he is, and that he's going to do everything he's ever promised that he's going to do. Big faith summarized by this verse from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I want you to think about that word impossible. It, without faith, it is impossible to please God. There, there's no middle ground. There's no grading on a curve. Uh, there's no... There's no grade uh, uh, le there levels of grades. It's, it's pass or fail. It's a credit or no credit. It's uh, either you are or you aren't. Either you believe or you don't believe. Uh, it is impossible to, to please God without faith. Uh, we either trust God and please him, or we distrust God and do whatever we please. Now, why is faith such a major concern for Jesus? Why, Jesus talked about faith a lot, and it's a major theme throughout the Bible. Uh, why would he do that? He talks about faith because the root of every problem we face, 
right now, every problem we face right now, the root of it goes back to the beginning of humanity. Jesus created us to live in a loving relationship with him. But here is a basic rule of all relationships. Every loving relationship stands strong on trust. Think about it. It's very difficult to have a loving relationship with someone you don't trust. You can have a scared to death relationship with them. You can have a, I'll do whatever you say because you're pointing a gun at me or carrying a bigger stick than I've got kind of relationship with them, but that's not a loving relationship. And that's not what we were created to enjoy with Jesus. Jesus created us to, to experience and to enjoy a loving relationship with him. And that loving relationship, whether it's with another human being or with Jesus, they're all based on trust. But trust was devastated and essentially destroyed in the Garden of Eden. Humans left relationships that the Lord intended for us to, to enjoy and to experience, and we became distrustful, unloving rebels. Jesus, been, Jesus has been working to restore trust in us and through us ever since. His, his deepest desire is to win us back to bring us home to a loving relationship with him. You can study the Bible alone, or you people, you can watch preachers. Uh, believe me, I, I've, I've been watching what people say, and I've watched a few other preachers as well. Uh, you can watch preachers uh, in all shapes and sizes. There are big ones and small ones. There are short ones and tall ones. There's uh, there's white ones, there's black ones, there's Hispanic pastors and preachers. There, 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 are, uh, there are people from Africa. There, there are all kinds of preachers available. And all kinds of Bible teachers available. There are men and there are women. They're uh, young and they're old. Um, but if you listen closely to what you study in the Bible, and if you listen closely to what pastors and preachers are saying, uh, and what Jesus is saying through the Bible and through those who are, if you listen closely, nearly all the time, nearly every single message, every single Bible passage, Jesus is saying to us simply this, trust me. Come on, you can trust me. Now, the Holy Spirit uh, uses five things to grow big faith. Five things. Uh, practical teaching, providential relationships, private disciplines, personal ministry, and pivotal circumstances. Those five things uh, are, are universal and timeless. These are things that God is always, they're teaching, practical teaching, uh, Providential relationships, private disciplines, personal ministry, and pivotal circumstances. I, I'm indebted to Andy Stanley for those those uh, well uh, done uh, alliteration. Let all of them starting together with the word P, and, and and he did a great job putting that together. Each message in our series 
uh, on big faith from, from this point on is going to center on one of those uh, ways that the Spirit uh, builds big faith. The focus of this morning's message, of this message, is practical teaching. In case you're not sure what I mean, is that is uh, teaching that you can put into practice. Uh, it's teaching that you can do. It's not just a theory. It's not just uh, an idea, but it is teaching that you can actually take out and, and put into practice uh, at any other time, in any day of the week. Jesus emphasized the importance of uh, practical teaching often. He, he often talked to people and then said, what are you going to do about it, essentially? Um, one good example of that is, is our text for today. It's found at the end of the Sermon on the Plain. That's reported by Luke uh, in Luke chapter 6. This filled this Sermon on the Plain with specific directions for how to live in God's kingdom family. And so that's what we're going to look at today. I invite you to focus your attention on Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49. I'll be reading from the New English Translation. This is his conclusion, the conclusion to his sermon. Jesus asked, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me, Jesus says, everyone who comes to me and listens to my words and puts them into practice, I will tell you, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on bedrock. When a flood came, the river burst against that house and could not shake it, but it could not shake it because it had been well built. But the person who hears and does not put my words into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against that house, it collapsed immediately and was utterly destroyed. So Jesus' conclusion to his sermon, short, sweet, and it has uh, several contrasts and comparisons in it. There's two house builders, they, two guys who build a house, houses. Each one of them builds a house. There, there's two house builders. They're doing the same thing. They're building a house. They have two methods. One goes through the hard work of digging down deep to bedrock. And the other one does extraordinarily little work. He just builds without digging. Um, there's only one foundation. I, I, at first, I was going to say there were two foundations, but frankly, there's only one foundation. There's a foundation of the man who dug down deep and found the bedrock, and he built his foundation on the bedrock the other guy built a house without a foundation. If you haven't already figured it out, that's not good. 
There's only one foundation. There's two house builders. They had two methods of, of building houses. Uh, there was only the one foundation and there was one flood that came. And those of us who lived here in Michigan uh, in the last few weeks have seen floods. It's not pretty. Floods are devastating. Cleanup is still coming and no one knows the end of when that's gonna happen. There was one flood. There was a house built on uh, the rock. The river raged against both houses. Uh, and there were two results. One house stood. The other house was utterly destroyed. Now, I don't think it takes too much to understand that Jesus is saying floods come into our lives. Floods. Uh, things happen. Uh, 2020, the year 2020 happens. I've seen so many people uh, talking about how they would like to skip to 2021. I asked one of them, one of my friends who said that, uh, so when you get there, tell me what, if it's any better. Um, there's no guarantee that 2021 is going to be any better than 2020 has been. Floods come, literally and figuratively. Floods come. Storms happen in our lives, and they will either sweep us away or leave us standing on Jesus with rock-solid faith. The Lord will be your sure foundation in the times of your life, if you built your life on him. And Jesus says, there's only, there's two ways to respond to him, but only one of them builds a foundation of rock solid faith in him. There are two responses. One is to listen and to put his teaching into practice. And the other one is to say, wow, nice parable, Jesus. That was awesome. And then go home and do whatever you want. So Jesus asks this question as he kicks off the conclusion of his sermon on the plane. Jesus says, what do you think you'll gain by calling me Lord, King, <coughs> or Master without practicing what I teach? See, the story of these two houses reveals a theme that runs through the books of the Bible uh, from beginning to end, from Genesis through the book, of, from the beginning in Genesis to the end of the book of Revelation. And that theme is true trust in and loyalty to Jesus always results in obedience to Jesus. If there's no obedience, then no matter what you say, there's no trust. If, there, if you're not doing what he says, you don't believe in him. Not really. You can you can believe in him as believe in Cleopatra or or Caesar or dinosaurs or whatever, but that doesn't necessarily change the way you, like you believe that they existed sometime maybe back when, but that doesn't change the way you live now. But if you believe in Jesus and you have a loyalty and a trust in him that changes the way you act then you really trust him. 
and you believe he not only existed way back then, but he exists right here, right now, and makes a difference in our lives. This is what I'd like for you to take away from this, this whole day, uh, this whole message, this whole time. Trusting Jesus enough to practice his teaching. This is the sermon in a sentence. Trusting Jesus enough to practice his teaching is the key to life in God's kingdom family. It, it, it is one thing to know a lot about the Bible. And it is another thing to practice even one of its principles. I believe Jesus calls us and that Jesus would find it more pleasing. And when Jesus would say that you have bigger faith, if you are simply doing a few of the things he's taught you to do, rather than simply and thoroughly knowing everything he's ever taught. For Jesus, knowing is not nearly as important as doing. Obedience makes all the difference as Jesus is concerned. Following Jesus isn't uh, just about knowledge. From Jesus' two tale, uh, tale of the two houses, we realize that hearing and learning are not enough. The rubber meets the road in the application because in the end, it's obedience that makes all the difference. It doesn't matter how much you've heard. It doesn't matter how much you've learned. And so say you believe. What matters is what you're practicing. You can call Jesus Lord, Master, and King until you are blue in the face, but it will never do you any good unless you practice his teaching. You, you can listen to several sermons every Sunday or even every day, but it will never do you any good unless you practice his teachings. You can memorize the Bible from cover to cover and quote it constantly in your conversations, but it will never do you any good unless you practice his teachings. You can give generously and sacrificially of your time, your talent, and your finances, but it will never do you any good unless you practice his teachings. You could even raise the dead and heal the sick in Jesus' name, but it will never do you any good unless you practice his teachings. The Spirit will enable us to build our lives on rock-solid faith, but it doesn't mean it won't be hard work. A solid foundation involves digging down deep to bedrock, to the bedrock. It requires time and effort and help. You and I, all of us who claim to be followers of Jesus, now if you 
aren't a follower of Jesus, you don't need to worry about this. But if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, if it is your intention to follow Jesus and you claim to have a relationship with him, you and I need to conduct ongoing personal evaluations led and empowered by the Holy Spirit and assisted by other Jesus followers. Now, this requires an attitude adjustment. Uh, we, we need to move uh, from refusing to change to working with the Holy Spirit in our lives to change. We, we may start small. That's that mustard seed size of faith. I trust you enough to start small, but it has to become a way, our way of life in Jesus' kingdom family. In Jesus' kingdom family, you can't stay the way you've always been and say you trust him. You have to put it into practice. And it requires a constant evaluation of what do I need to stop and what do I need to start? What do I need to keep going and what needs to, well, that you just live without that. In all the ways that you could respond to Jesus, the most important thing that Jesus asks you to do is to trust him, to trust him enough to do what he teaches you to do. That's what he asks. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, help us to remember the reasons we have for trusting Jesus. Take us to the manger in Bethlehem. Take us to his hometown where they tried to throw him off a cliff. Holy Spirit, help us to remember. Take us to the wilderness where he fed a crowd with a boy's sack lunch. Take us to uh, the roadside where he healed a blind beggar. Holy Spirit, help us to remember. Take us to the places where he, Jesus was moved with compassion because of the hurts and the needs of the people around him. For, for those who were lost and harassed like sheep without a shepherd, for, help us to see his compassion for those who were sick and how he healed them, how he brought justice and mercy and compassion Take us to the garden where he prayed, not my will, but your will be done. Take us to the barracks where they stripped him and mocked him and beat him and whipped him. Holy Spirit, help us to remember. Take us to the cross where he cried and died. Take us to the empty tomb 
Take us to the tomb on a Sunday morning, that first resurrection Sunday morning where there was nothing left but grave clothes. Holy Spirit, help us to remember. Help us to remember. Take us right now in our hearts and in our spirits. Take us now into the throne room of heaven and help us hear Jesus praying for us. Right here, right now. Holy Spirit, help us to remember to trust and obey. Amen. I've said it before, and I will say it again. You are sent. Just like God sent uh, his son, Jesus, Jesus sends us. He sends you and me. So as you go to live as sent ones, may the beauty of Jesus shine in your eyes. May the love of Jesus shine in your actions. May the wisdom of Jesus shine in your words. And may the grace of Jesus flow from your heart into the lives of every person you meet. Amen. You're sent. Go. In Jesus' name.